Hey, it's Spencer Foreman and Luke Stacy, and this is the WPLaunchify.com podcast, episode 13, the first of 2018, by the way. Does your business have an MVP website? Hey, Luke, how you doing? Good evening, Spencer. I'm doing very well. Happy New Year. I haven't seen you in like a whole year, it seems like. A whole like. year, right. Oh. I, o- <laughs> I only get to use that joke for about 30 seconds one time, and then it's... It was probably dead on arrival anyway. So today we're excited because we're going to start the year off right with something that we've been using in our uh, private client terminology that I think many people will understand when we define it. But then we're going to go into the gory details. And that is, what is an MVP website? And just to add in here, in case you've never heard this term, MVP is typically what we call a most valuable player. Just kidding. It's minimal, minimum or minimal viable product. In this case, we're not really talking about the product. We're specifically referring to the website. So it's sort of maybe we should call it an MVW, but the point is still the same. Most efficient and minimal WordPress site that you should have when you're going to try to start the process of optimizing your online product sales and your conversion rate. So basically, it's easy to... And get lost in feature bloat when you first start out. You know, people think that they need nine million different things, but by taking an MVP approach, you focus on the one core thing, the one core feature that your business needs to make money or your website needs, and you go, you run with that and disregard everything else until you're at the next stage. Yeah, and it's so funny because you know, in developing this business. You and I have been working together now for a couple of years, but I've been doing the same kind of thought process for so long. And although it may not have been systematized or labeled as it is today, it was always essentially the same idea is that you think about it in terms of anything, even outside of business, like a kid learning to ride a bike. In order to learn to ride a bike, you first need a bike. And the first bike that you have is not the Lance Armstrong super deluxe carbon fiber model that weighs two ounces. It's that janky, you know, like it's got two, maybe three wheels that have training wheels or not. And it's something that you can leave out in the front yard and it gets rusty and it gets handed down and so forth because that's what you need. And it's so weird that most people who have ever come to me for any kind of online help and to us together have always had these, I want to build the next Facebook. And the first thing they want is that Lance Armstrong bike. And we have to sort of go, slow down, Tiger. Let's talk about what is it that you're going to do first to make money and then like only focus upon that aspect of your website because everything else is going to take you and your customers potentially away from that purpose. So let's start with the thing you just mentioned, which is best practices. The, the worst failure ever is the most common failure. And that is that you just don't have the skill to know how to build these things or put them together yourself. So you enlist the help of really anybody that you can get your hands on. And because they don't really have a concept of your business because they're, you know, developer types typically, or maybe they're just some kids somewhere, they don't build something that uses best practices, which means you end up with Frankenstein monster, right? Something that's a liability. Right. Or or you just choose something that it does one thing that you want it to do, but it does 99 other things that, you know, originally you didn't think you needed, but you, you ended up with them just because you wanted that one thing. You know, if you're choosing, for example, a, a membership plugin, you know, you want to protect content. But, but in reality, this membership plugin does, you know, activity feeds and member messaging and all these other things. And then you suddenly get lost in the, you know, like a, like a deer in headlights and, and get fascinated with all these other features when really all you needed was to protect a page from, 
you know, from view. Yeah. And it's so, you know, listen, I was guilty of this for years in the starting days because one of the things that led me into online technology was the business, but I ultimately took on a partner who was an immensely talented coder, but I always felt in the dark in the early days because I knew the business, I knew the marketing, I knew the customer part, but I had to leave all the coding to this other person. And I always felt like I was out of the loop. So I initially had to start out like all of us just hodgepodging together stuff. This reminds me of something I just heard on NPR radio or something when I was listening over the holiday about how they're in certain countries. I think the Philippines is one of them uh, or Vietnam, maybe they're getting rid of these jitney cabs that are sort of souped up versions of old leftover military Jeeps and so forth. And that these very talented people have turned them into literally public transportation buses. You know, you jam 12 or you probably saw one of these because you travel through Asia and it's the same idea. Like you just, you so desperately wanted to be a cab driver or start your own bus company that you just took something that was never designed for that purpose and just turned it into it. But ultimately, you know, the day of reckoning comes and you have to decide, is this really distracting from what I want to do? Maybe it's better to have something else. Um, so Frankenstein monsters we see all the time. And those are websites that were originally intended to do that one singular purpose, but over the course of just trying to get stuff to work, the person got so distracted or so involved or so shiny bald into the other features that they literally ended up with 99 things they don't need. Uh, janky plugins. Janky is a term we use all the bit. That's something that's just really a, it's a derogatory term that means something that was not well constructed. So janky themes and plugins means that you're going to spend a lot of time fighting fires. If you choose just random stuff off the shelf, you have no concept of how it should go together and you lose track of the purpose, why you even need it, you end up with this sort of, well, I put in A, so I need B. It's like the little old lady who swallowed a fly story or something, right? You swallowed a fly, you need to, you know, or the spider or whatever it was, you know, swallowed a dog, swallowed a horse. You, you end up doing so many things to fix what you put in that it's like you probably best to just start over. And then I think we just kind of covered it, but the less is more in many cases. In fact, we have two clients we were discussing this morning that were onboarding who really had good proven business ideas and models, but they ended up with probably 10 features. We took away eight or nine of them and ended up with something that really did that Pareto principle, like 80% of the benefit, maybe in this case, 90% of the benefit by eliminating most stuff. And that not so, just eliminates confusion for you when you're developing your MVP, but it eliminates confusion for your customers as well. Because then your your website or your business or your product has one, it does one thing and it does one thing well. And it's really easily identifiable and understandable for your customers what that is because there's no bells and whistles. There's no you know gazillion options. It's just we do this, this one thing. Do you want it or do you not want it? And, and it's you know a message everyone can grasp. And it's so interesting because we've seen, you know, such cliche examples of this in the world. But remember, when we're talking now about MVP website, the whole point of this is we're trying to give the person who wants uh, really our CRO expertise, our ability to make more money through improving their online sites, you know, deliverability and the uh, customer experience and the customer's desire to buy. This is the foundation. So what we're trying to do is eliminate as much clutter as possible. And yet sometimes they're 
purpose gets so lost that they forget why it is they're even in this business. They're just enamored with the website part and all the little bells and whistles. But if we think back to that cliche of Steve Jobs, right? I mean, when the iPhone especially was first introduced, it broke all of the rules and people were saying specifically, where's the keyboard? Remember that Trio was a popular phone at the time or maybe the Blackberry. Where are the little tiny keys? I couldn't possibly have a phone without tiny keys. All the business people were saying, I can't have a corporate environment where I don't have little tiny keys to text people. And yet we found over time that now everything has moved to that and even beyond that where now they're eliminating headset jacks and other craziness. So same idea here. Almost like a hoarder needs a, a person to come in and clean out their house by telling them this stays, this goes. You need to think in terms of, you know, building the least amount possible with the best practices so that you don't have something that is fighting you the whole time. And the concept is to streamline your business concept. So by having less there, you can then have less things to distract you, less things to distract the customers. And then you can focus on the CRO part, which is what is the message that works most effectively? Is it the message that people are seeing and being affected by, or is it the fact that they can't navigate the page or there's some other you know, technical problem? And if you're not and, familiar with the term, what we mean by CRO is conversion rate optimization. So optimizing your website so you get as many conversions as possible, mate, whether that's signing up to an email list or buying a product or, or whatever your conversion goal is by, by building something streamlined and focusing on the, you know, the, the factors that influence the conversion rate, you can grow much faster than, you know, spending months getting the right, you know, look and feel or the design or the, you know, the colors or the logo or whatever, which is really superfluous to, you know, to having a business. It's funny too, because some businesses do really well by being crazy and wild, right? We always joke about that lingscars.com, I think it is, the Asian businessman who is the very popular online car selling. But he, I would venture to guess, I don't have the data, but I would venture to guess that a lot of people go to his website just because of the entertainment of the website, but not really are they buying a car. Whereas there was a website in the old days of the web, uh, web called Woot, W-O-O-T.com that I used to love. And their whole shtick was they sold one product a day at a very discounted price with a very specific time limit and quantity limit. So people would literally line up almost like a Black Friday every morning to see the really hilarious copy and what it was going to be. And then as soon as they bought it said, you know, sold, 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 sold. And people could see it like selling on the fly. And that was so dramatically obvious, a business model that worked because probably if they just listed 20 things for sale all the time on their website, people wouldn't have cared. It was the mechanism of focusing on it. it's one thing for a limited time, get in there, get it. My kid right now, by the way, totally unrelated, but it reminds me of it. There is an online game now through the iPhone. I think you could do it on Android where there's twice a day at like eight in the morning and two in the evening, that online quiz show. And I think they must get money from sponsors or something, but you get on your phone and you answer 10 trivia questions to get progressively harder. And in real time, it goes from like 500,000 people to 200,000 down, whatever. But the point which is fascinating is it does one thing, right? You just show up, you answer questions and they have literally half a million to 600,000 people who just show up twice a day to do it because you could win a couple hundred bucks. And we Same have to idea. think of all these, all these beer moths, you know, that are, that are huge now that do loads of different things all started out doing one thing, you know, Amazon sold books, Google was a search engine. I mean, 10, 15 years later, yeah, they do lots and lots of things, but they were never lots and lots of things 
to begin with. They were one thing really well, and then they added on. It's far. It's funny because we're talking right now about the website, but really you should ask yourself this about your business now, if you're listening, whatever your business may be, the whole elevator pitch thing, don't even think of it in 30 seconds. Could you in one sentence describe for somebody that you never met what exactly your business does? That's it. In other words, could you say to a stranger in a way that would make them understand enough about it, what exactly you do to make your living with your online website? Or if it's a side hustle, what does your website do as a business? And that's the challenge, right? In other words, you know, we've been working on it forever. We'll continue to work on it. But I mean, we've arrived as of late that, you know, with this term CRO, instead of saying CRO, we say, you know, we help you make more profit with your online business. The idea is we could pick a hundred different things. We, we make your website different or we make your, you know, blah, blah, blah. Too much, too confusing. Think if you can write down and continue to remind yourself when you're thinking about the website, what is the one thing you would say to people your business does? Because that is what the website has to make extremely clear and be completely focused upon above all other things. And that will make it the, the MVP that will be effective instead of taking you down a, a primrose path. So one part of all of this is that in order to avoid not only having something that is not workable by anybody or that is uh, distracting for too many reasons or that, you know, keeps your business concept unclear is standardization. So an automobile is standard around the world. Some have the wheel on the left or the right side because of the way the roads are oriented, but you can get into a car anywhere and drive a car. And I think people make the mistake by not using standardized setups that they, they're really hurting themselves because in the future, you're going to want to hire people. You're going to want to enlist people, even if they're freelancers. So one of the things our MVP always does is it removes all of that crazy hand built coding stuff that some guy did or woman did that just wasn't following this stuff and make sure that just like with Lego blocks, that whatever is in place, even if there is some custom aspect to it, it's standard. It, it could snap together with this WordPress website or that WordPress website. And even though that's harder to do sometimes at the beginning stages when you're hustling, it saves you an infinite amount of headache later in things that are tangible, like security. If you can't use the off-the-shelf plugins and have them automatically updated because you followed the practices that allow you to, you know, just hit that button, you're going to pay the price later with a security flaw. Um, I mean, a, good, a good example of this, I think, is um, a theme forest. You know, it's very easy to, I've seen lots of people do this, business owners, they go straight to theme forest and they look for an, an all-in-one theme. So they don't need to purchase any additional plugins or, or hire a coder or hire a developer. They want a theme that does, I don't know if they're, you know, the t-shirt business or whatever. They, they want a theme that has a shop in it. It does, it does the payment gateways. It does the, the output of the, <clears throat> of the display for the t-shirts or whatever, all in one theme. And it's, you know, 59 bucks and they buy it. And it's all just within that theme, which at the time of purchase, that sounds great because I've got everything in one box. It's only $59, but very, very shortly within, you know, a few weeks, there'll be this realization that, ouch, this is like completely custom coded by this one guy, God knows where in the world, that has put this all together, mashed all this stuff together. He's not using any components that are available, you know, elsewhere that other people understand. So you ended up with this, 
you know, really hard to use. You're like buying a custom car that no one else understands how it works, you know. And it's funny because I, I don't think, I don't want to sound judgmental here when we're talking about this because that's the whole purpose. I would say nine out of 10 people who ever come and have ever come to me for help have always had the same problem. It's like me if I went out looking for, I, I don't know, ballerina slippers or something. I have no idea what I'm doing. So I would probably buy the wrong one in the wrong way when I was learning how to fly as a pilot. I mean, there's all these examples I can think of where when you're a newbie, you don't know any better. But definitely the problem that you face is that if you don't go to somebody that is doing it the right way, and there are ways to, by the way, we'll give you the solution here. There are ways to know you're doing it the right way. You end up with potentially something that was homebrewed or handmade or, you know, not following the practices. And then you get that gotcha moment. The way to for the most part, avoid this problem. And this is one of the reasons why we do not focus on technology anymore. That was something we did during that brief window when things were evolving. But technology is really elevated in the WordPress world to the point where if you stick with a theme framework that is reputable, and I hate to say it, has so much available that you'll never get bored anyway, that's a good start. So for example, we choose the Divi theme framework because it is not on Envato's theme forest. There's nothing wrong with Envato. There's nothing wrong with ThemeForest, but Envato and ThemeForest sell independent themes, and there's no real way of knowing which of those authors is, you know, going to keep you out of the woods or not. Whereas Elegant Themes, who makes Divi, has 500,000 users and an open place where all of this is discussed. So it's very clear to us, also by having looked at the code, that it provides an ideal framework to start with. The plugins, the way you can stay, you. you and additionally, I think when you're choosing a theme or even a plugin like that, a good thing to look for is an ecosystem around it. You know, it's great that it has lots of users and great, obviously, you want it to have, you know, very positive reviews. But look for signs of there existing a, an ecosystem. And Divi has a huge community of people that create things for Divi right. and sell things for Divi, extra add-ons. And, and so there's this whole almost micro-economy that's formed around it. That is a really, really good sign that it's a strong, healthy theme that's going to continue for a long time because it's not just that that owner at the top that's taking on all of the you know the the burden so to speak it's all these people that are kind of keeping that supported and keeping it moving along. Whereas you might find something on a you know, on a theme marketplace that it might have good reviews and, and, and lots of users, but it's really it's really only being carried along by the company that's made the theme. There's no like foundation of user support that is really, really needed with software. I mean, that's the only reason we have, you know, we still have a Wikipedia and whatnot, you know, because it's, it's continued because there's such a mass of people that are, you know, taking a, a daily part of their lives with it. Yeah, and I think you actually you hit the nail on the head where I was going when I was going to say with the plugins, we've seen examples where the plugins have taken on this enormous volume of interest because of what you just said, which was the marketplace. So, for example, we rely heavily on WooCommerce, which was really originally from WooThemes, which was originally a theme author. And they, for all intents and purposes, have gotten out of the theme business because WooCommerce has hundreds and hundreds of internal and third-party plugins that extend its features out and it becomes the engine that most people use. You could say the same thing, although we don't rely as heavily on it, but Gravity Forms, uh, Advanced Custom Fields. Uh, we could go down the list and there's, I'm trying to think of the other ones, but the ones like front-end editing, you know, uh, that we've seen a few good ones. All of these provide a way for you to at least subjectively view 
is this just one person, you know, working out of their garage? And if so, maybe it's still great. I mean, we've seen great plugins that do certain one-off jobs, but if you really were going to build a business around it, that would be a good sign that you're in the right place when you see literally dozens or, or tens or hundreds of people who are contributing by writing stuff, uh, writing articles, helping out and so forth. And I'd say, bring it all back home. One of the things that we've really had to clarify in the last couple of months, but specifically this year, is that at the beginning of 2017 and then through all of last year, we evolved this to the point where I can definitively say for 2018, you and I are not in web design as a business. We are not. We simply are not. We are in the knowing which components to snap together business. And having done this enough, we know how to customize some of those Lego blocks. But really, we are in the glorified we build custom stuff for you if you need it so that we can really focus on the thing that's important, which is how to increase your conversion rate or to help you with your business model so that the website actually focuses on your business instead of being distracting about all other things. And so we've reached the point where it's a little you know, like a touch of sadness in my heart, but we really do not do anything anymore about custom designs or web design or anything. It's just a waste of energy. Like if I was, again, my metaphors are out of control this year, but like if I was talking about cars, right? I mean, there was a time in high school when I rebuilt cars and I would spend weeks talking about four barrel carburetors and how to tune and adjust them. I haven't seen a carburetor since 1989 or something like that. It's just, you go to the gas station, they plug in a cord and they tune up your car, done and done. So same here websites are only going to bother you or be important if you do it wrong or with the wrong people or if you get distracted by them. Now they are like the iPhone where they are the foundation for what you want to do on them. And we're focusing on what you do on them and with them rather than, you know, what, what features they have and so forth because the features are all, you know, they've, they've elevated to a point of just you need this and that and not the other and enough said. So... Yeah, just to sum that up, it's like the it's the transition from being from web design to business design. You know, the latter being what we're doing now. Yeah, and it's funny because it it really has evolved. For those of you who have you know heard us before or know us or our customers with us, you know, I'll be the first to admit as an entrepreneur, it's essential that you be open to evolving with whatever the marketplace is. And right now, I mean this is a long time coming, but right now I can definitively say there is no reason, unless you are a super expert graphic creator or something, there is no reason to be considering web design as a business. There is just simply no need for it any more than anybody, you know, would get a job in building wooden wagons or something. I mean, it'd be a fun hobby or a craftsman unique thing, but as a business or as a living, it would be a very tough thing to make a living at because everybody just is moved on. And in the same way, there's a thousand ways to create a website. The problems that you have and that other people have were potentially in this space is knowing what to do, what not to do, what to add, what not to add, what to leave in, what to leave out, and why that affects your business model. And since that's something that we've always done well, we found it much easier to just say that and say, don't talk to us about the website. But for a few people who don't have their training wheels or don't have the basics, it's a necessary evil for us to at least get them sorted out so that we're not fighting that from day one, you know, fighting the old original incarnation. Um, our time is up. 
I want to say thanks to everybody who's listening and we're going to streamline this podcast and maybe actually put it in a place where you can get to it uh, directly, but you can always reach us at wplaunchify.com. Reach out to us, say hello. If you have any comments or things that you'd like to have us talk about or add uh, over in our help scout. Otherwise I want to say thanks to Luke for taking the time this afternoon. As always. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, Spencer. And we'll see you on the next episode. Bye guys.